Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today we have a crazy story of revenge of rendering someone homeless. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, the worst thing my mother did to my family. I'm one of those kids that grew up with an unloving motherly figure in my life, and this was not due to the fact that my mother was not present in my life or anything, but because of the fact that my mother, Karen, was seemingly tired of being together with my father. After being together for almost 11 years, she decided to end their marriage, but not in the way that you would think. My name is Nathaniel, but both of my friends and family members call me Nat for short. I've always been the only son of my father, as both of my parents decided to have me later on in their marriage. The reason for that is still unknown to me, but I do know for a fact that my dad had always wanted to have a child for as long as he can remember, and he would proudly say to anyone that asks for his age or anyone that tries to point out the fact that he was already getting old, that regardless of his age, even though he was just in his early 50s, that he would still be able to have a go at it when the time calls for it. I did not know the meaning of what he said back then, but later on, I think I perfectly understood what he meant by that. My mother, on the other hand, was in a way the polar opposite of my father. I know upon growing up, majority of children tend to develop a specific liking for their mother as opposed to their father. Maybe it's due to the fact that the mother tends to spend the most time with the child before the child is born, and in my opinion, This would most definitely play a significant role in determining which parent the child would be more closer to when such child is fully grown. Well, in my case, my mother was not always around for me to even attempt to develop a stronger sense of familiar bond, and this greatly affected our relationship, and the reason for her lack of presence was attributed by her to the fact that she was trying to work twice as hard as my father was in order to make sure that our family had everything we needed notwithstanding the fact that my father, although retired, had already made more than enough money in his time of service to last our family for close to two generations. Meaning that even though I decide not to work, from the moment I leave school, I can still live comfortably with my children and their children before totally exhausting the total wealth accumulated by my father. In my view, this was supposed to come as a pleasant news to my mother, considering the fact that she had turned herself into a workaholic and all that, but I just did not seem to fully understand why she could not just try to forge a connection with her only son, and why, to her, even after her husband has already accumulated enough money to ensure that she can still live her life freely till her day of passing, she could still not just spend a whole weekend at home with her family, undistracted by work or any other thing of the sorts. These were the questions that have been running through my mind for as long as I can remember. But I guess my questions got meaningless at some point, because the events that transpired one very day changed the foundation of my family. This very day, about 30 months to the end of their marriage, my dad had an issue with my mother, to which he'd already been fed up, and he had no choice but to voice out how he felt about things. And my mom, being the kind of woman that she is, obviously did not take things lying down, That particular evening, my father and I had prepared dinner for our family as we wanted to surprise mom as usual when she got back from work because we knew that when she got back, 
she would be so tired as she would not be able to cook for either herself or the family. And when we were done preparing the food, at around 6pm, my father and I waited because this was the time that my mom usually came back home from work. However, even when it was already about two hours well past the time which she was supposed to come home, she was nowhere in sight. And this really made my father worry and quite a lot as he'd already tried phoning her several times prior to the time that she was supposed to come home and still she was not reachable. My father told me at the time to eat my food and head on over to bed, all while trying to hide his worry. I didn't want to give him something else to worry about as he already had his hands full, so I went to bed at around past 11 that night while my father stayed up all night waiting for her to come home. The next thing I remember that night was the fact that my mom was yelling at the top of her voice, all while trying to defend herself to my father, who at the time was just trying his best to make sense. Out of the senseless reasons she had just given him, their noise woke me up and I immediately came downstairs to see them. They immediately seized their arguments as my mother immediately found their way to their room. This was the very first time I'd seen my parents argue, for as far back as my mind can recall. Anyways, right after their argument, my mom left the house and she did not return for about a whole week, to which I posed the question to my father, asking him where my mom had gone and whether or not this was her way of leaving us. My father told me not to worry, assuring me that she simply went to her parents' place for a simple visit, but I just knew it then that there was definitely something wrong with the both of them and that their marriage at the time was in trouble, but I did not let my concern show for my dad's sake. And true to her words, she came back at the time that she had stated initially. And right after she had returned to us, there was a seemingly noticeable change in her behavior and mostly in her personality. Well, for one, it was a known fact that she was in no way performing her wife duties and also her motherly duties in some respect. But right from the moment she came back, she started to exhibit features of the perfect prize mother and wife. I had noticed that she was already making conscious efforts at trying to get even closer with me and she was already finally cozying up to my father and also she immediately decided to quit her work and took my father up on the offer of living out the rest of both of their lives without having to work at all again. And so it was, not wanting to give it some grand name or anything, but this was the moment the woman I previously known as my mother was no more. The reason for such a change would remain a mystery to both my father and myself. However, this did not last for too long. This was attributed to the fact that the event that led to their separation occurred. This was basically how the whole event played out. So, following the fact that my mom was already without a job and was living off my father at this point, my father sought it fit to at least provide her with more than enough allowance that was close to three times the amount of her previous salary at her previous workplace. And to me, this was a fair enough deal for her as she would not be constrained within the confines of a workspace in order to make comfortable enough money so as to live a comfortable enough lifestyle. And also, if there's one thing I know for certain, it is that my father was not the type of man to force his partner into total submission by using any means. So the thought of my father maybe trying to tie her down with his wealth by telling her to quit her job was out of the question. Anyways, my father decided at the time to take a business trip, which was not really much, as he had just moved quietly to another hotel not too far from our home. The reason for him doing this was unknown to me at the time, but when he began explaining things to me later on after he was in police custody, 
This was when I finally understood the kind of woman my mother was. So apparently he went away as a means to test the kind of character my mother had, so as to figure out whether or not he was going to include her into his will for the distribution of his properties, in case of his untimely passing, and thus the need for his little vacation charade. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. He had actually placed some cameras around the house, and he also had some spies around the neighborhood that were reporting the coming and going of every person in our house, to which he no sooner realized that she apparently had another partner that she was seeing, and that she brought in this other man when she sent me to my friend's place for the weekend, of which I did not request or ask for, and I still found suspicious, but I let it slide. After my father had found out all that he needed, he came home much earlier than expected, hoping to catch my mother in the act, but he couldn't. And no sooner had he come back from his trip did he confront her immediately, and he began asking her to come clean, and he might even consider taking things easy on her. But she still refused, as he kept on denying everything. My father then accused her of frolicking with another man in his absence, and to this she denied vehemently, and then the serious argument had begun. I could hear my mother shouting at the top of her voice, and then the noise just stopped in an instant. The next thing I could remember was the police arriving in the house and putting my father in handcuffs, all while taking him away. I could not understand the situation. Everything was happening just so fast. But if there was one thing I could piece together, it was that my mother apparently accused my father of domestic violence, as when the police came, there were signs of beatings on her body. So the police took him into custody immediately and following this, since my father did not have any piece of evidence at the time, he was given the sentence to serve time of close to 7 years with the possibility of early release on the account of good behavior. After visiting my father countless times in prison, I finally understood the reason my mother did what she did. All of these was due to the fact that my father had decided to leave her entirely out of the will so as to still have access to his money, she decided this was the best course of action. But still, my father willed his entire property to me, and it was only accessible on my 18th birthday, so my mother had no access to any of his money. When I found this out, I decided to wait things out until then, so as to finally get back at her for what she did to my father. And apparently she had a lot of debts to settle, and she had her sights set on my father's money, but I shattered all her hopes by first selling my father's house, which she lived in at the time, and then collecting and selling every car my father had in his possession, before finally leaving in the middle of the night without her knowledge 
to suffer for what she'd put my father through. My father was released a few years after, as the option for bail was provided a few years into his sentence, and we lived happily since then, without her presence, in both our lives. It's crazy to think that some people can create these manipulated things where, I mean, they have somebody kind of just wail on them just to create the appearance or themselves wailing on them to make it look like they were beaten and it just ruins another person's life without any proof beyond that. You don't want to not believe somebody in that situation, but if you're crazy enough to set it up that way, you could be destroying an innocent person's life. Our next story is how my family had revenge on that one neighbor. As I reflect on our family, I can't help but see the threads of art that have woven us together. My husband David has an artistic soul that emanates from his very being. His hands are often stained with paint, his canvases bearing witness to his deepest emotions. You might say that his love for art is what actually made me notice him before I fell helplessly for him. Well, he did fall helplessly first and I had nothing to do but to follow suit. It was like a match painted on a canvas. My love for art propelled me to own an art gallery. My art gallery, nestled in the heart of our coastal town, became a haven for local artists. I made it my mission to support our community's creative endeavors, giving artists a platform to express themselves. It's a role I cherish and one that's brought me closer to our neighbors, all of our neighbors. Together I and David created a vibrant and rebellious spirit, Alex. While my heart sometimes aches with worry for him, I can't deny the raw talent that he exhibits with his graffiti art. His work transforms our mundane town walls into colorful bursts of urban beauty. It was as disturbing as it was innovative. Simply disturbing because, well, street art in the form of wall painting on property that wasn't yours was kind of a big deal and he got into a lot of trouble for that. Aside from Alex's constant trouble with the law, our lives were uneventful, marked by our collective love for art. Until the arrival of Mrs. Turner, a newcomer to our neighborhood, her presence cast an unexpected shadow over our tranquil experience. Still, in our small coastal town, we extended our warmest hospitality, hoping to forge neighborly connections. The idyllic facade of our peaceful life began to crumble when the first hints of discord arose with Mrs. Turner, our new neighbor. It was almost as if she arrived with an agenda, hidden behind a veneer of civility. At first, the disagreements were trivial, like the choice of paint for the community fence, or the placement of garden ornaments. I thought such disputes were a natural part of neighborhood life, but Mrs. Turner's persistence soon revealed a more malicious intent. She unleashed a torrent of complaints against us. Our art gallery events were too noisy, our garden decorations too garish, and even Alex's graffiti art, which I so dearly loved, became a target of her scorn. Don't get me wrong, that was a problem when it was done on someone else's property, but she complained about our wall. I mean, it was ludicrous in the least and I couldn't comprehend her relentless animosity. Before long, she escalated her vendetta by involving the legal system. I remember the first day Deputy Thomas came to our door. He didn't know how to put the words in a way that wouldn't come out offensive and he wanted to be the one to tell us of her complaints, so he opted to come over instead. We've been friends since high school and even he knew something was off about the complaints, but he was the law. It was his duty to check things out and ensure that they were in place. Her complaints turned into legal actions and it seemed like every day brought a new summons or notice. The tranquility of our coastal haven was shattered by the relentless barrage of legal documents and our once harmonious existence was threatened. David and I, 
Along with our friends in the community, tried to reason with her, but Mrs. Turner remained unyielding. It was as though she was determined to use the law to strip away our connection to the very art that defined us, leaving us powerless and bewildered in the face of her relentless campaign. I was pissed off, yet I struggled to understand why she chose to move the way she did. Still, in the face of Mrs. Turner's relentless hostility, we remained committed to finding a peaceful resolution to the escalating conflict. We were neighbors after all. We had to find a way to live peacefully amidst ourselves in the long run. David and I continued our attempts to negotiate with Mrs. Turner. We held cordial conversations, addressing her concerns and trying to find common ground. We emphasized our shared connection to the community and our love for art, hoping to bridge the divide that had grown between us. Simultaneously, we sought support from our friends and the local community. Recognizing the importance of unity in times of adversity, our fellow artists and neighbors rallied behind us, offering their encouragement and assistance. They understood the significance of our art gallery and Alex's graffiti as essential components of the town's identity. It became a nuisance, really to the point where community meetings were held to discuss the situation, and a petition in support of the Porter family garnered widespread signatures. Local businesses displayed artwork in solidarity, and our neighbors organized art-themed events to showcase the town's vibrant creative spirit. These collective efforts not only provided us with emotional support, but also demonstrated to Mrs. Turner that her actions were causing division in the community she had recently joined. We hoped that by highlighting the positive impact of art and community bonds, we could eventually reach a resolution that would restore harmony to our once peaceful neighborhood. But did she yield? Of course, it did not. If it did, there would have been no point in telling this revenge story. The turning point in our tumultuous relationship with Mrs. Turner came unexpectedly, like a revelation in a stormy sea. One day, while David was visiting the local historical society, he stumbled upon a newspaper article from several decades ago. It detailed a failed art career and a tragic incident involving Mrs. Turner. Then known by her maiden name, Florence Monroe, he said it was the slight picture of the picture that made him go back to check what the news was about. Who was in the picture? Well, you already know. The article revealed that Florence had once been an aspiring artist, her dreams filled with the promise of a flourishing career. However, a mysterious fire had destroyed her art studio along with her life's work. The incident had left her emotionally scarred and she had abandoned her artistic ambitions. The whole news was like reading a haunting tale of loss and shattered dreams that had remained hidden for years. But more than this, the impact of this revelation was profound. It offered a glimpse into the depths of Mrs. Turner's pain and the reasons behind her hostility. It became clear that her aggression toward art and artists stemmed from her own unresolved trauma. We felt a mix of empathy and sorrow for her, realizing that her vendetta against us was a misguided attempt to cope with her past. But don't we all have that one? Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? 
All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Thing that haunts us from childhood, youthful days, or the years of early adulthood? I like to think we all do, and at the same time, we don't go around trying to make other people uncomfortable because of some unresolved history of trauma in our lives that would have been pathetic and borderline unacceptable. Revenge was never our initial intention, but we felt compelled to orchestrate a plan that could offer both redemption and a deeper understanding of the value of art. David, with his artistic insight, took the lead in devising our intricate plan. We decided that our revenge would not be one of cruelty, but of creativity. Aiming to rekindle the artistic flame within Mrs. Turner's heart, we believed that if we could help her rediscover the beauty of art, it might heal her wounds and bring peace to our neighborhood. I was actually kind of hopeful that it would get her off our backs and keep the peace that we had on the street before she came along. Our revenge plan revolved around an elaborate art installation, a collaborative effort of local artists and our family. The installation would be centered around the theme of rebirth and renewal, with elements representing the destruction of Florence's art studio and the emergence of new artistic creations. The local community rallied behind our cause, contributing their talents to the project. Each piece of the installation would be thought-provoking and symbolic, designed to convey the resilience of art in the face of adversity. We aim to use our creativity to awaken something dormant within Mrs. Turner, to inspire her to confront her past and embrace the healing power of artistic expression. Or so we thought. As we worked tirelessly on the project, I couldn't help but feel a renewed sense of hope. Our revenge plan was not about revenge at all, but about a shared love for art and the potential for transformation it held. It was a gamble, a daring endeavor to change the course of a neighborly feud and bring about a positive, artistic renaissance for all of us. I got to do what I love doing, same as my babe, but more importantly, it would create a better communal harmony. The day of our revenge event dawned with a mixture of excitement and fear, for me at least. I was sure that Mrs. Turner slept soundly in bed that night, and if David was nervous, he was sure not to show it. Our carefully crafted plan was about to unfold, and its success hinged on our ability to convey a profound message through art. The heart of our revenge was an art installation that we created with the help of local artists and the community. It was a breathtaking transformation of the space that had once been Mrs. Turner's source of pain. Her burned down art studio. We had reimagined it as a phoenix rising from the ashes, a symbol of rebirth and renewal, and we made sure to invite her. As the event began, I watched Mrs. Turner's reactions closely. She arrived with skepticism, her face etched with curiosity and confusion. She couldn't help but be drawn into the artistic narrative unfolding before her eyes. The installation depicted the destruction of her past, but it also celebrated the resilience of art in the face of adversity. Each piece told a story, and the local artist's talent shone through as they explored themes of transformation and healing. My heart swelled with pride as I witnessed the impact our revenge had on Mrs. Turner. Well, I thought it was having an impact. I thought I saw her initial resistance gradually give way to a quiet contemplation. The next morning, there was no sign of Mrs. Turner. It was like she just decided to keep to herself and away from the whole community. To be honest, I didn't think that much of it. Maybe she wasn't in a social mood more than she had not always been. 
Maybe she had a lot of work to do inside. I had a lot of maybes going through my head during the first three days that I did not see her. Wanting to be sure it wasn't just me, I asked my husband what he thought of it and he had the same idea. So all was fine, or so we thought. By the next week, basically six days after the art gallery event that we had, I saw the moving trucks. At this point, I could not pretend not to be concerned, so what did I do? I marched straight to the front of her house and knocked. I did not meet her. I heard from the young man who I thought was a relative, most likely her child with the way they looked so much alike. He said that Mrs. Turner did not give him the details, but she showed up at his house the morning after the event and asked that they help her move out of her house because she couldn't bear to be back there. I could not bring myself to tell him what happened the day before she came to his house. The only thing I could say was that I noticed that her presence was scarce in the last week, which is why I came when I saw the moving trucks. After this, I went back into our house with the knowledge that, in the end, we were not able to save Mrs. Turner. We ended up making her run away from the town. Well, I think OP and honestly the rest of the community had good intentions. I mean, I guess when you approach a topic like grief or somebody's dreams burning down, maybe it wasn't the best idea to create an entire art gallery just reminding them of that fact, even if you hoped that it would create some kind of art renaissance for them. I suppose it's not too big of a shock that they had this kind of adverse reaction to the point where they just wanted to leave it behind. I mean, they seemed like they had already been trying to do that for however long it had been since that place burned down, right? Our next story is how my boyfriend destroyed my clothes and rendered me homeless. We've all done things that we're not proud of at different points in our lives, things that we regret deeply. Mine was cheating on my ex-boyfriend. He was my high school sweetheart and the absolute love of my life, but I messed up and he never forgave me. We met at a dinner organized by our immigrant parents one summer. They decided that they should create a community of sorts and hang around more. So all the Muslims in our neighborhood decided to come together to have dinner that evening and on consequent evenings. The adults had dinner in a different room, while we kids had our dinner in another room, supervised by two of the older teenagers. My ex and I were one of the younger teenagers in the room that evening. The other children were less than 12. I sat just across from my ex. The seating arrangement was in such a way that the girls sat facing the boys, and our eyes just kept meeting. I would look up from my food and catch him staring at me. That happened the first two times and I felt a bit uneasy, but the third time, he smiled at me and I felt butterflies in my tummy. After dinner, The younger kids were made to wash the dishes and clean up after the adults, while us older kids supervised them. You're very beautiful, I heard my ex say in his heavy accent. I knew he was talking to me, even though he wasn't exactly facing me. The adults didn't exactly like young members of the opposite sex being chummy with each other. I knew he was talking to me though because I was pretty and I knew it. My mother was a very pretty woman and I looked just like her. Pregnant woman would beg my mom to let me touch their bellies so they could have a daughter as pretty as I was as a child. I enjoyed the attention and wasn't new to being told I was beautiful, but the compliment coming from a Muslim boy who was also very handsome made me feel even more special. Thank you. I like your accent. At the time, our backs were turned to each other. He complimented me with his back facing me, and that became our way of communicating at every event our parents hosted. I like your accent too, he said. I don't have an accent. He chuckled softly. Oh, but you do have an accent. Everyone has an accent. After summer passed and school resumed, I saw him at my school. 
It was after our first face-to-face conversation that I got to know about him. His dad was in the military, and he and his mom lived together in their home country until three years before when they migrated to be closer to his father. My parents were also immigrants, but they migrated before I was even born. My mom got a huge gig as a model and was taken in by a modeling agency that believed she could do better in a country that afforded her more freedom. My mom agreed to leave the country and moved. Shortly after she moved, she met my dad who had also just left his home country. They got married and had my brother. That spelled the end of my mom's modeling career. My mom resented my dad and us for the end of her career. She believed that she lost her beauty and body because she had children. She was replaced by models who fit the current beauty trends. She hardly had any time for herself since she had two kids on her hands and a husband whose job was two hours away. Growing up, my mom had a permanent frown on her face. She just wasn't happy. I didn't get to see her happy until I was 11 and she decided to pursue her second love, photography. Still, she bemoans her fate often and admits that she should have waited before getting married and having children. I'm making it a point to talk about my mom and her failed dreams because that informed my actions later in life. My ex and I officially started dating when one day, one of our teachers asked him if I was his girlfriend. He took my hand, squeezed it and said yes. I smiled all the way home that night. I was in love with him and I felt a delicious tingling feeling all through the day. After college, I finally told my parents that I wasn't going to work in a bank or whatever other corporate job they'd imagined for me. I was going to pursue my dream of being a singer. My parents were very disappointed in me, my dad especially. We didn't pay so much to put you through college so you can dress half naked and sing, he thundered after I told him about my plans. That night, my mom came to me and asked me to apologize to my dad. Stop this nonsense, she said. Your dad is very mad at you, but you can still apologize to him. Tell him you're sorry and that you didn't know what you were talking about. I'm sure he'll forgive you. I refused. My dad promised to never support me in any way if I decided to go on with my plans of being a singer. That morning, as I packed my stuff ready to leave my parents' house, my mom told me again that there was still time. Your father will disown you. I don't care, I said. I slammed the door in her face. I moved to the city with my ex-boyfriend. All through college, my boyfriend and I had a great relationship. We spoke every day and visited each other regularly. When I decided that I was going to move to the city, he offered to let me move in with him even though we knew we were risking our families and friends being very mad about that because the idea of two unmarried people living together was frowned upon. Shortly after I moved in, I met someone who gave me tips on how to get discovered. She advised me to get a job in one of the busiest bars in the city. You never know, maybe one day one of the singers won't show up and then you can say, oh, I can sing. I took her advice and took a job at the bar. My boyfriend admitted that he wasn't comfortable with me working in an establishment that serves alcohol, but he would do anything to support my career. He was so supportive that I started to take him for granted. I stopped paying so much attention to our relationship, I just thought he'd always be there. I'd go out to my job in the evening, return very late at night or in the morning, go to bed, and then on most afternoons I'd be out with friends trying to meet new people. A big change occurred at the bar, one that I thought would change my life, and it did, just not the way I wanted it. The bar was bought by a young man. When the other workers spoke about the new owner being a young man from a prominent family, I'd expected to see a handsome young man, but he wasn't handsome at all. Young, yes, but he wasn't handsome. 
He did smell nice though, and he had a way with words. On his first day as the owner, he put out a notice that he'd like to interview all the staff to see if we could fit into his dream for the bar. While the other staff thought of how to charm him and establish themselves as the best mixologists, the best bartender and waiter, a new idea came to my mind. I was going to ask him to let me sing on some evenings. When I offered to sing in his bar, free of any charge, he agreed, but he mentioned something about me needing the right clothes. If you're gonna sing up there, you must look the part. You already have shiny hair and you're pretty, you just need new clothes. I was excited, but my boyfriend was skeptical. He just doesn't strike me as a good person. I rolled my eyes. You don't even know him. I've decided to use my savings to buy these clothes. He said, what? I said expensive clothes cost a lot of money. He says, I don't think that's a good idea. That's a crazy lot of money to spend on just clothes. I said, I don't see them as just clothes their investments. By this time, I was getting irritated and starting to wonder if my boyfriend wanted me to succeed as a singer. He'd been complaining about us not spending enough time together, and I'd ignored his complaints each time. Some days after, I asked some of my friends to go shopping with me, and they did. They took me to high-end places to buy fancy clothes and shoes. When all was set, I wore one of the dresses I bought to the bar, all ready to sing. You look amazing, he explained the moment he saw me. I was excited. Finally, I'd get to sing. The bar was a high-end one, and music directors and label record owners often came there. I'd hoped that one of these people would hear me sing and offer a deal that'd launch my career in the music industry. Unfortunately, we've contacted another singer to perform this evening. I was hurt, but since he knew I'd gotten beautiful clothes, I was sure that he'd let me sing on some evenings. That evening... I felt a hand behind me and turned. It was my boss. I was shocked because he'd never done that. I wasn't even sure how to interpret his actions. Was he sensually touching me? I just didn't understand it. When my boss asked me to have a drink with him later that night, I understood what that touch was for. I have a boyfriend, I said, hoping that he'd push past that. Yes, at that point, I was desperate and ready to do anything to achieve my dreams. My boyfriend was talking about getting married and being a proper couple already at the time and that scared me. What if I ended up like my mother, fat and unfulfilled? I didn't want that. As I hoped, he'd insisted and we'd had a drink together. As we drank, he promised to introduce me to people who would help me become a household name in the music industry. I believed everything he said and we soon started sleeping together. One day, he asked me to spend the weekend in his hotel suite with him and I did. I lied to my boyfriend that I'd be working at the bar. We're hosting two events, so we're going to be busy all weekend. On the evening of the first night, I was out with my boss at the hotel's lounge of the hotel he stayed in and was seated on his lap. I saw a car that looked very much like my boyfriend's drive-in, but I looked away. It couldn't possibly be my boyfriend's, but he got out and it was him. He was with a friend from work and I immediately guessed that they were there for a work-related matter. I was terrified, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to get up abruptly or do anything that would embarrass my boss, so I just looked away, even after my eyes and those of my boyfriend met. Some minutes later, I saw my boyfriend and his friend walk out, and they drove out of the hotel. My heart kept beating so fast. I was scared, but I managed to keep my cool. I thought maybe he'd break up with me, but at least I had my boss. He was going to make me a star and I'd find a way to convince my boyfriend to forgive me. He loved me anyway. My boss let me stay in his suite all through the week. 
but he never introduced me to anyone. I wasn't getting anything other than meals from the hotel. After waiting for the whole week, praying that he would do something and mentioning it to him so many times, I called my friends and told them about what had happened. Oh my god, you're so naive, one of the girls said. Honey, your boss just conned you into sleeping with him. In anger, I confronted my boss about it, and he threw me out of his suite. One of my friends let me stay in her home for three days, but I had to leave because she needed her space. I decided I was going to return to my ex-boyfriend's, take the expensive clothes I'd bought with all my savings, and sell them so I could afford a month's rent and start over. On one Monday, I returned home to find that my ex had shredded every single dress I bought with all my savings, packed his stuff, and moved out. All my beautiful dresses were gone. I had no savings and no family. I had nothing. That year was the toughest year of my life. I was homeless and I lost everything. I still find it difficult to forgive myself for being so stupid. My ex's revenge ruined my life. And guess who's still not a famous singer? I don't even sing at all anymore. I wonder if this was all just to kind of get this off of OP's chest. Usually you hear these revenge stories where someone triumphs, or you hear it as like a cautionary tale, which this still might be, but usually there's a bit of like a rebound at the end, you know? Somebody says like an update of like now they're back on their feet, they've learned from their mistake, but this one just kind of ends in an all-around bummer. I mean, OP did cheat, but they also were manipulated with lavish ideas, if anything. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.